Well said, Mr. John Lennon, and rest in peace. Happiness is indeed a warm gun this week. Hello. Once again, I, we should be used to it by now, but we're not. This is a very depressed episode of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli. Ben, how are you holding up? Uh, you know, it's just the same as this, the Romo Week 17 losses for three years in a row. Um, it just seems to be a a feeling that's just all too familiar and all too depressing. And what's worse is go. We know better. We knew better. We knew better. We knew better. We knew better. I say it every. I say it all the time. Being a Cowboys fan to the extent that we are is like getting back together with a girl who's cheated on you every Christmas for years and convincing yourself it's going to be different. And then this year on Christmas Eve. Lo and behold, she ruined your Christmas and cheated on you again. Yeah. And you swear yep. off of her. I'm never going back. I'm moving on. I'm going to go watch, you know, cricket, professional soccer, the Olympics. But you know what? Come come summer, I know I'll be like, oh, what's uh, what's going on at training camp? Oh, right. <laughs> the receiver group's looking pretty good. Oh, it's terrible. State, this is the best, uh, best Des has ever looked. Wow. Ooh, look at that. You know, you said it. You said it well with that one. It's it's you know Lucy pulling the football up from Charlie Brown, and every time you think maybe this time I'll actually get to kick it. And, but no, uh, you're just a blockhead. You're just, just a blockhead, blockhead falling for the same old trick every time. So for those of you who were spending um, Christmas with family and didn't get to see this terrible excuse for a game, the Dallas Cowboys who. Honestly, it had a great day that day. Um, oh, everything was going right. Everything went right. Uh, Detroit loses. Uh, the Falcons lose. Carolina ended up squeaking one out, but you know the pathway is open. All we really needed was Atlanta to lose next week, and for us to win out, and we are good to go, baby. Yeah, it was the the path to the playoffs was more clear than it had been in several several weeks. Um, at the time, game time went down, and this one was just never in control at any point. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, uh, it is what it is, my man. We, so we have Zeke come back, and we'll just get right into the game. Um, so it's, you know, Seattle's coming to play Dallas. Um, we watched Seattle get shellacked last week. Um, oh, they've lost two games in a row. They're now in desperation mode. Like we said, the stage has been set for Dallas. They're playing at home. Everybody knows the stakes are incredibly high, Andy. This is another game for this team where it's an elimination game. And not quite a win you're in, but very close. So you just would like to, at minimum, win or lose, see, see them put it all on the line. Indeed. And so we start off, and this this is an interesting first drive because not only is it very standard for how the season went, but it highlighted in a in a nice encapsulation the issues that would plague the team all day. So Dallas gets the ball to start the game. Big surprise on that one. We get the ball in the 25. We run Zeke Elliott, his first touchback after six weeks off. Gets two yards. Um you know, this is not surprising. You want to, but you want to keep establishing the run, right? That's what any good offensive coordinator would do. Scott Linehan, though, knows that's what you're thinking. He's playing three dimensional chess. He's like, they think that I think that I should run, and every smart person would run. So they'll prepare for the run. So I will call two straight pass plays. So on second down, uh, they run a pass play. And Dez is running a drag across the field, and Dak hits him square in the hands. And Dez just flat out drops the ball. That should have right there between the play call and what happened with Dez, that was the most – like if you're writing a screenplay and that happens, you're so like, no, nah, man, it's too heavy-handed. It's too heavy-handed on the foreshadowing. Can't have that all happen in one drive. Um, so Yeah, Dez – Man, I, I always will get in. The weird thing about this year, more than others, the drops. I mean, he's like fifth or sixth in the NFL on drops, which even when he was 
even if the the numbers weren't there, um, yardage wise or TD, whatever you want. Um, I think that's really the most concerning thing I had with him. He's a sure-handed guy, normally. I mean, that's what I'm asking. Like, I remember, like, even T.O., when T.O. was elite, T.O. had a problem with untimely drops. Like, that was that was kind of a known thing for T.O., you know, right? But he was still elite enough that it didn't matter. Like, I'm trying to think back, and Des is what, like, this is seventh year or something like that. Um, And I really just don't don't remember that being a problem at any point. Agreed. Um, you know, he's he was normally a guy that could catch anything. So he gets this drop, bad start. On third down, we throw uh, to to Witten, who it's just an incomplete pass. Dak didn't look super great. Three plays, two yards, fifty four yeah, seconds I, off the clock, and we punt. I'm real tired of the third and Witten these days. By the way, agreed, agreed. Now, luckily, one half of the team came to play this week. And that was the sure. defense. Um, so Seattle comes out. Uh, they get a couple. They get two quick first downs. Um, they, we do force third down once in those first two uh, sets. And then the defense, once they get to about uh, the Dallas 43, um, the defense just stands tall. Russell Wilson gets a sack from Taco Charlton. That gives Taco three on the year, which – I mean, I know they, those aren't huge numbers, but, you know, looking back at, at expectations and who else was on the team and everything, three sacks for Taco, not not a terrible season. I won't call the guy a waste of a pick. Yeah, they, they say you can't judge pass rushers on their first year. I mean, as we'll point out to Texan fans listening, uh, Jadavian Clowney had zero. Zero. This rookie year ago. Um, so then Russell tries to go to uh, to Doug Baldwin. That's incomplete. Uh, then to Tyler Lockett. That's incomplete. And so the defense goes uh, gets a three and out, and they are forced to punt. Um, so Dallas gets the ball back and actually puts together a pretty decent drive this time around. So finally, we start handing off the ball to Zeke. Um, this is the drive, unfortunately, where Tyron Smith's knee, which had been questionable coming into the game, flares up. He is taken off the field. Um, but honestly, I don't think we felt it that much at first. Um, so Zeke just starts. No, and busting. I was just gonna say quickly, props to him for even trying to play. I was okay. shocked that he was even gonna make it out there, but uh, you know, he showed heart. He he tried to tough it out, and God bless him. Let's just hope. At this point, I almost don't want him to play next week and just shut him down. And hopefully, he's healthy for the start of 2018. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really hope that he's. I really hope he's not playing at all next week. So. Um, we run Zeke. Zeke gets five yards, then six yards, fresh set of downs. Um, Dak tries to throw to Noah Brown. That doesn't go well, uh, incomplete. Uh, then Dak runs it himself. Um, and then finally, Dak completes a, a pretty nice slant pass to, uh, to T-Dub uh, for 11 yards. Um, then Elliott gets three yards. Dak hits T-Dub again for 11 yards on the slant. Elliott goes for four. Dak gets an incomplete. Uh, and then Dak gets another incomplete to Dez and that on third and six, and that will do it. Uh, we're forced to punt from the 50. So this is two back-to-back drives where the offense, I mean, the second drive, they started to put together a little more. I did like we ran Zeke a little bit more, but just not the offense that you're expecting to see from this Cowboys team. Yeah, they they had a lot of success blitzing us, Andy. Um, Dak was under pressure all day. Um, I don't think that completely absolves his his performance by any measure, but mm-hmm. he was certainly under pressure. Um, that third and six, I remember they blitzed and he basically just chunked one out of bounds. So uh, that would be a theme, especially without Tyrone, who once again never received any bit of help from agreed. Uh, um, any you know linebacker, uh, any uh, tight end or, or running back on his side. So anyway, like you good said, we uh, we end up having to punt from the fifty. Um, and yet, and again, though the uh, the special teams and defense show up, so we punt it to the one. It's going to go into the end zone. Byron Jones makes an incredibly athletic play here, like a no hands front flip um, to knock the ball out. Like keeps it from going over the line. They we stop him on the one. Um, so they're snapping from pretty much their own end zone. Um, they try to run the ball in the first play. The guy gets hit in the backfield. Uh, Davis gets hit in the backfield and stopped for no gain. Uh, Jordan Lewis actually makes a good tackle here. Um, and then they try two straight pass plays to Richardson, both of which are incomplete, uh, and they're forced to punt from their own one. Um, so they get about a 53-yard punt. Uh, Switzer gets like a six-yard return. Unfortunately, Keith Smith on our side got an illegal block above the waist. 
Um, so we were set back a little bit on that one. Um, so we're, we're starting from our 42, our own 42. Um, and this is, this is the kind of drive that I want to see right here. So Elliot, five yards, Elliot, six yards, Elliot, six yards, Dak short pass to Rod Smith for five, Elliot, five yards, Dak scrambles for four yards, Elliot, four yards, Seattle takes a timeout. There's 35 seconds left. Uh, then Elliott for five yards again. So at this point, I mean, Zeke's not busting off huge gains, but he's getting five yards every time. Right. Um, Dak hits a short pass to Zeke for two yards. Uh, then on third and three, incomplete to Witten. Uh, and this is on the 16-yard line, and we are forced to kick a field goal. Man, I'm not totally down with passing on third and three in that situation. Zeke has literally gotten you – at least three yards on every run on this drive. I know you're not trying to just like gas him, but man, it's the only thing working. I think you got to try it. Um, and, and we'll get into Scott. Scott Linehan's inability to call plays was really highlighted later in this game by one specific situation. Yeah, which we'll yeah. there were a couple people who had awful days for Dallas and Linehan was definitely deserving to be in the top of that list. Um, Agreed. So we, we get into the... Uh, we get into the second quarter. Um, Seattle comes out, and the defense, I, I literally cannot say enough good things about this defense. So Sean Lee's all over the field. Um, they try, they're trying to run the ball. They're trying to do some quick uh, screen passes, which are sniffed out. Taco Charlton gets a great tackle here. Um, Davis tries to go up the middle, uh, gets hit for a three-yard loss by Benson Mayowa, who then on the following play on third and 11, sacks Russell Wilson for a loss of seven. Awesome, awesome drive by the defense. Benson Mayowa just really playing well on the last two plays. Um, they punt. Uh, Switzer gets about a 10-yard return. And so we're starting on the 37, which is a great start for us. So, again, this drive starts off really, really great. Elliott for nine. Elliott for four. Elliott for six. Rod Smith for five. Uh, Dak does a short pass to, Ke path to, pass to Keith Smith. Sorry. Um, for no gain, but we get a penalty for defensive holding downfield. So there's no place. We move up five yards and get a first down. Um, Rod Smith goes for five. Zeke goes for three. Um, Dak tries to do this. Uh, Dak tries to do this uh, read option, but instead of pitching it out to Zeke, that he, was weird. That was like a speed option. Like yeah, and so he's supposed to either like off. make yeah make that call right, like either run in the gap or pitched out to Zeke. And even the announcers were like, I don't think this guy can make a play on Zeke where he's positioned. Dak keeps it. He gets a hit hard. He gets um, only gets a yard. And Jeff Swaim gets an illegal crackback block penalty, um, which, you know, I'm the first guy to be like, oh, this is bullshit. The Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. Dude, this was a really dumb penalty. And this was a dangerous hit. And Jeff Swaim should feel fucking bad about this. Like, initial the replay, I was like, that looks like you're straight up trying to end that dude's career. Yeah, he knee i mean helmet straight to the guy's knees and it was away from the ball like it wasn't yeah, like that was that's the one block, block that's yeah. gonna spring it like that was really unnecessary uh super ridiculous. so it sets up a third and really long which we dump off to smith which i was actually okay with this one andy because it brought us into field goal range that little dump off yeah so so yeah we get to, to the 33 um fourth and nine bailey nails a 51 yarder um which, you know, at this point, we're still in. Off the, uh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a bank shot, but we're feeling great about uh, about Bailey being back. He seems to be in rhythm. Um, later in the game, everything, including Bailey, would fall apart, but that's where we stand as of now. So it's, it is uh, 5.48 to go in the second quarter. Cowboys are up 6-0. We're kind of feeling like we should have at least one touchdown out of these, but we'll take it, right? Um, so... Uh, on first down, Russell Wilson tries to throw uh, a, a short pass. Uh, Tyron Crawford knocks the ball down at the line of scrimmage, which he's done that a couple of times this year. Um, pretty awesome play from him in that perspective. Um, then Davis gets a five-yard run. On third and five, dude, Demarcus Lawrence eats Russell Wilson's lunch. 22-yard loss. Ridiculous play by Tank. Gives him yeah, 14 crazy. Backs on the year. Russell's pretty nifty back there. I mean – Pretty much their entire offense, if you haven't watched Seattle in a few years, um, and this was your first exposure to them, is Russell Wilson run around to make a play. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if they 
they rarely have set plays to me that work. It's almost always Russ improvising. Um, and he's pretty damn good at that. Hard to get sacked. So it was really cool to see Tank grab him all the way at his furthest point back there. Absolutely. And he so, really showed out. I mean, that's what you have to do with, with, with Russ. Yeah, and, and that's a great play. It shows uh, Demarcus Lawrence's athleticism, his ability to, you know, snip the ball out, get to the guy, beat a, beat a good block. So at this point, this is a, an interesting point in the game because the – and, of course, this is going to be, you know, half-truth, half-media hype, right? We see these close-ups of Des Bryant, like, yelling at Miles Austin on the sideline, kind of being very animated – and of course, like, you know, we're watching this game being like, okay, Dez is really hyped. He really wants the ball. He's, you know, doing his Dez thing where he's like, come on, we got this. You know, we're the best okay. in the league they, at this, Tony. Right. They got the Dez cam at all times. Right. And but of course, of course the, he's a the super booth, animated guy. The booth is saying like, oh my gosh, Dez Bryant is really mad. He's throwing a fit because he's not getting the ball. Kind of the diva storyline we've seen a hundred times. Um, now the timing of that would be really poor. Um, on the yeah. first play from scrimmage, um, Dak would hit Dez on a comeback route. He would try to do his traditional like stiff arm a dude and get a couple extra yards. And Byron Maxwell just honestly gets a really lucky and skillful punch on the ball. Um, Dez fumbles at R35, uh, and it's uh, recovered by Seattle. So just a really so, – so far in this game, Dez has had a really bad drop that was very like – you know, highlighter, very upfront drop on the first pass play of the game. And when he gets the ball again, finally, after kind of, you know, doing his give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball routine, he then fumbles at a very costly point. Um, we're only up six to nothing. Um, Seattle would convert that. Uh, they only had to go 43 yards for it. Uh, they end up hitting Jimmy Graham for a three-yard touchdown. Uh, only his touchdown. Yeah, he just plays around him. Boxes out Lewis, who honestly had a fine game. I mean, really, the entire defense did. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham's a weapon. That's what he is in the red zone. Anytime he's going to get one-on-one coverage, I don't care who you have. He's he's probably the favorite in that matchup. So, um, one thing too that didn't help uh, the whole Des Bryant situation, like you said, is is right when he fumbled that. Um, <laughs> he just the my phone blew up with cowboy fans complaining and I couldn't you couldn't even defend him at this point. Um you know the, I, I saw some uh, all 22s later um on Twitter and apparently one of the things uh, on one of our third and longs on the previous possession Des was running wide open what would have been a huge play and got missed mm-hmm. which was I'm guessing where the frustration came from not that it's excusable. I mean I think guys get missed all the time but I just add sure, a little bit more of context into that. Um, so, really rough. We're now down seven to six. Um, we get the ball back with about a minute thirty-eight to go. Um, and to his credit, Dak leads a really great drive here. Mm-hmm. Um, four yards to T Dub, four yards to Elliott. Um, we pull a defensive offsides on third and two, so it's first and ten on our thirty-one. Uh, Dak gets Beasley for six. We call a timeout. Uh, Dak scrambles around the end for 13 yards, then hits a really nice pass to T-Dub for 17 yards. We take our third timeout. There's 18 seconds to go. Um, we then did two short passes to Jason Witten. Um, one, which was like... They missed both. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, I don't know. That one, Witten's foot is out of bound by an inch. I don't know if that's a missed pass or just like a missed timing, like unaware of where the sideline is, like... It, it was bad luck. I don't particularly like the play call. I would have rather taken a shot at the end zone if you're trying to – because, I mean, we already know Dan can hit from 33, so, like, trying to get him a closer field goal seems like a waste of – I mean, just kick the field goal if you're going to do it that way. So, it is what it is. Misses two passes to Jason Witten. Um, on third and 10, Bailey hits the 51-yard field goal. We go up 9-7. Uh, Russell Wilson kneels, kneels out the clock with three seconds to go in the half, and we go into halftime. So, at this point, it's 9-7. to seven. Um, the Cowboys certainly feel like they've dominated this game defensively. The really the only scoring drive Seattle has was because of a very, you know, boneheaded uh, fumble on Des Bryant's part. And everyone kind of, I think we all felt like, okay, you know, if we get this, we put ourselves ourselves more together here, kind of pull our shit together, we're going to be just fine. Yeah, I was still nervous because it only because we had dominated them so like on the scoreboard or. Uh, 
any stats you look at, I forget the total offensive yards, but I think Seattle had only managed like 30 something yards in the entire first half. Yeah. And we were, you know, around our season average. Um, so, so it really looks like on the stat sheet that we should be up by a lot more, but we had to settle for three field goals. Their one drive, they actually turned into a touchdown. If we turn any of those drives into touchdowns, I think any of us feel really good about it. And Seattle's a second half team. You know, Russell yeah. Wilson has the most set a record this year on fourth quarter touchdown passes, which is an obscure stat, but just shows that they sure he tends to come alive in the second half for sure. Right. So there's a little bit of nerves, but overall you're you're up nine to seven in a control your own fate game. The so that's yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, no one's comfortable with a two point lead, especially against a team like Seattle. Um so they get the ball to start the second half, and I think we were all like, okay, defense, keep showing up, and they definitely did. Um, Seattle gets a quick uh, – They on the fir- on first down, they, hit, they get five yards. They get six yards on the second uh, down, which gives them a first and 10 at the 36. Um, and so we're like, okay, they're starting to move the ball a little bit. Um, Malik Collins and Damian Wilson uh, stop Davis in the backfield for a two-yard loss. Russell Wilson then tries to do a screenplay to – Davis out of the backfield. Sean Lee. Lee just sniffs this out. Blows this one up. Kills it. Eight-yard loss. Um, Russell Wilson then manages to hit his running back coming out of the backfield, um, but Sean Lee and Xavier Woods are there to stop him. Uh, third and 20, they get eight. So fourth and 12, and they're punting. You have to be happy with that. Um, so Cowboys get the ball back, and, man, the second half just got ugly quickly. Um, we hand the ball off to Zeke on the first play. He gets three yards, and then – Dak tries to float the ball over a rush, a rushing defender uh, to Zeke, and it actually sails him and f- falls right into Justin Coleman's lap. Um, 30-yard pick six. Just really ugly throw by Dak. Um, yeah, just inexcusable, really. I mean, it, yeah. it was a bad throw. They made the most of it, unfortunately. And you're now trailing in a game that you feel you should be winning, which is always a very scary feeling as far as momentum goes, Andy. I mean, I, I think we've, we've all played at least enough even um, smaller sports, you know, uh, to realize that when the game's slipping away, you can almost feel it like it's a, it's a tangible thing, and it just seemed to sort of have that energy in this game. But um, right after the pick, you know, we get it back, and it uh, looks like we're starting to drive again, Go. Yeah, we got you know we're like this is a this is a huge uh, driver here. We have to respond. Um, it's fourteen to nine. You know we're still within a touchdown. So um, we run Zeke, uh, and then Dak tries to go deep to Cole Beasley, um, and we get a pass interference penalty. It's forty three yards, um, which is definitely the longest play of the day. So we're now at the Seattle twenty one first and ten. Um, we're feeling great. Um, unfortunately, Dak gets sacked for a five yard loss on first and ten. We run Zeke on the second play, which gets us five. So we're now at third and 10 from the 21, and Dak is sacked again for five yard, a five-yard loss. Um, Seattle would get a defensive, off, or defensive 12 on the field to shorten it down to fourth and 10, uh, and Bailey would kick a 39-yard field goal. So it's now 14 to 12. So despite just all these continuous mistakes, Dallas is still in this game somehow. Yeah, they, they just keep sh- – we just shot ourselves in the foot one too many times. I feel in their red zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and we kind of gave them all their points. Like the first, the first oh, yeah. is off the fumble. The second one is literally a pick six. I mean, they didn't score very many points without our help. I think they have one touchdown the whole game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can give them the the other one was a short field, but they did convert. But yeah, they only had one real long sustained drive all day, Andy. But they turned it into seven. Yeah. So. They get the ball back. Uh, they run. And both uh, of their touchdowns, by the way, we didn't talk about. Well, we haven't got to the other one. Uh, they're both their offensive touchdowns were also set up on PIs that gave them the ball first and go at the one. So, I mean. Yeah, we had two PIs in the end zone, both by Chidobe Awuzie. Am I correct on that? Uh, I don't recall, but you, you, you definitely I know one of them was. Yeah. So, rough stuff. Um, so Seattle gets the ball back here. It's uh, 8.36 to go in the third quarter. They run the ball three straight times, which um, that's what we should be doing. So I don't I don't uh, fault any team for doing that. Um, we, however, managed to, between Hitchens and Lee, 
Um, we were showing good run defense that night. Um, it's fourth and four on the Seattle 31. They get a false start. Nine on their 26. They punt. Um, Switzer gives us an 11-yard return. So we're starting on our own 31, not too shabby. Um, on first down, we get a neutral zone infraction by them. So now it's first and five at the 36. Uh, Zeke gets for two yards. Zeke goes for two yards. On third and one, we're just able to hand it to Zeke, which I think all of us just breathe this kind of weird sigh of relief. Like, finally, we have Zeke back. We don't have to worry about third and one anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so third and one on the 40, Zeke gets us four yards. Um, first and 10 from the 44, uh, Dak hits a pretty nice ball to Dez finally, who gets 33 yards. Um, yeah, this was this would definitely be the prettiest play of Dez's day. Yeah, I was going to say both of their days. Um, yeah, agreed. You know, neither of them really had a, a day to write home. Well, actually, they both had arguably their worst games of the season. I guess you could probably point out other games for Dak. Certainly, Dez's worst game, maybe in a Cowboy uniform. I think this is probably, uh, you know, we'd have to go back and look, but I think this is probably um, the worst game of football that Des Bryant has played in his life. Yeah, the only other one comes to mind was last year when we lost to the Giants. I think he literally had one catch for 12 yards that he fumbled to Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, that's pretty bad, but I'm giving him two turnovers <laughs> credit for this time. So, well, yeah, those are but either one. Those are very terrible sure, games. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, um, but yeah, either way, terrible. So, but Dak on this play rolls out of the pocket, dodges some some pressure, basically does his best Russell Wilson impression, and then on the run just crack back, throws it deep. Um, it's Des Bryant one on one with Earl Thomas. Des makes a diving catch, gets his feet in on the sideline, um, for thirty three yards, and by far the longest offensive play of the day to that point. And we're like, finally, yep, right, finally, so- these two dudes. Yeah, they're finally hooked up. Um, and, you know, I think I, I got texts immediately like, they're, okay, now Dez is in the mode, right? Like, he's gotten over the hump. He had the kind of monkey on his back kind of thing. Um, it's first and 10 to Seattle 23. Um, we run kind of a weird run play to Zeke where he gets hit. He gets, our middle of our line just gets blown up. Um, he gets hit in the backfield for a two-yard loss. He didn't really. He, I'm glad he didn't fumble the ball, honestly. He, we barely got to do the handoff before Zeke got hit. Um, so it's now second and 12 at the Seattle 25 and we try to do like a short over the middle route to Dez. And again, man, this is not like Dez on the run. This is like Dez is practically standing still. The ball hits him in both hands, pops off his hands, goes right into KJ Wright's hands and he's tackled by L Collins, but it's another turnover. And, at this point, people just could not understand what was wrong with Des Bryant. Like, maybe he makes like a drop in like these spectacular catches that he's always trying. You don't always come down with those. But to miss like just a fundamental like football catch, like a, you know, a peewee catch is crazy. If you told me that was going to happen a year ago, I would have laughed at you. Yeah, it's weird. If you're listening to the broadcast, Troy was trying to throw a lot of that blame on Dak. Um, which I thought was a little nitpicky of Troy because it does hit both of Dez's hands. The ball was, I guess you could say, slightly behind him and lasered at him, which didn't necessarily need to be thrown like a rocket. But still, I mean, any receiver should catch that, let alone Dez Bryant. Um, And it's just popped in the air. I mean, that was... That was really about the beginning. I won't say the beginning of the end, but that's when it really was starting to look grim and now you really needed the defense to get you the ball back. Cause there's only about, I mean, it was still a third quarter, but uh, all momentum was on Seattle side. Yeah. So Seattle then goes on this 13 play 79 yard drive. Um, really nothing to write home about on this one. It's just a bunch of solid gains all day. There's like a this 15 one, yard run. The in first there. one I'm going to say is they had a third and nine on the 22. So right after they get the ball, everybody's covered and Russ just takes off and everybody's chasing him and he gets it by a yard, man. Yeah. Absorbs a hit on the sideline. Man, that, that one broke my heart because that was, I, I won't say the backbreaker, but that got him going. And as soon oh, as they absolutely. got that, then they converted a third and seven. Russ hit Doug Baldwin, who was held catchless to this point for 20 yards. Um, and then they never saw third down again. They get all the yeah. way down to our six. It's first and goal at the Dallas 10. They get four yards. 
Russell throws a ball to uh, Doug Baldwin, which is incomplete, but Chidobe Awuzie gets defensive pass interference in the end zone. So it's now first and goal at the one. Um, they run the ball. They get stopped for a five-yard loss, um, and, but then Doug Baldwin catches a pass from Russell Wilson, uh, and it's for six. Um, so it's now 21-12. to 12, um, And at this point, you're down by nine. You're, you're beginning the fourth quarter. Um, this is make or break time. I mean, I think you texted me and you said, this is the biggest drive of the season right here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're down at this point, fourth quarter, and you're down two scores. Yeah. So, so we get the ball. Dak, um, for his part, Dak looks much better on this drive. Um, he completes two quick passes, both to Jason Witten. Elliott gets a rush in there for five yards. Um, Dak uh, does a little short pass to Rod Smith coming out of the backfield, gets 10 on that. Um, Dak throws a ball to Noah Brown deep, uh, but he gets DPI'd, so we get 29 yards on that. It's now first and 10 on the Seattle 17. We give it to Zeke. He gets four. Uh, Dak hits Dez for three yards and then to Witten for seven. Um, so it's now first and goal at the Seattle three-yard line. Mm-hmm. They, give, they do a Dak keeper, not the read option, but it's a straight Dak keeper. From Apparently this was a run-pass option, which I – okay, fine. He got a yard, so now now we're going to give the ball to Zeke, right, Go? Yeah, because he's averaging five yards a carry, and they literally have not stopped him all but one time. Then, on second down, we do a, sh- a pass play. Penalty on Jason Witten for offensive holding. Sets us back 10 yards. So no run to Zeke. Second and goal on the Seattle 12. Dak is sacked for 11 yards. It's now third and goal from the 23-yard line. And we do a short dump off to Witten for seven yards. And then, I hated that play. Oh, I agreed. hated that. And, and, and what's worse about that is now, and this is coaching, I don't know where you want to throw blame on this one, but so we, we, we'll, we have now destroyed a first and goal from the three, have completely fucked up the entire drive uh, in just disastrous fashion. I mean, as you said, you know, a hold, um, just questionable play calling. Then on on third and goal from the 23, when you're down by nine, you're not even going to take a shot to uh, – I mean, I know Dez had a terrible day, but, or the throw to Noah Brown then if you don't trust Dez, but you have to throw that in the end zone or out yeah. of the end zone. Yeah. You do agreed. not throw a little check down to Witten and keep the clock running, by the way. Yeah, just kick – if you're just going to kick a field goal, I mean, a, a, 20, a, a field goal from the 23 and a field goal from the 16 are the same thing to Dan Bailey. Right, um, or should be. But or yeah. should be. Um, unfortunately, Dan, then after this total disaster, after, I mean, the crowd was literally chanting Zeke's name when we're on the two and the three yard line. No one can believe we didn't give the ball to Zeke either time. It's mind blowing. Then it just, it was so obvious that the team just mentally broke at that point. Dan misses the field goal. So it stays 34 yarder. yarder. He's never missed from that distance in his career. Um, that sums up the whole game. I mean, that yeah. is the most Dallas Cowboy way. I just, I just don't get it. So you've ran. If you're gonna go for the field goal, then, then throw it out the back of the end zone. I, I just think in the most crucial part of this game, we decided not to give. Well, we've built everything around this team, around this O line and this running back. No one can decide to give him the ball. And not yeah. only that, the only other red zone threat you have on the entire team is Des Bryant, and then you don't even give him a look when you get backed up. So what are we doing? No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and we've had problems with Scott Linehan all, all year, but this was just it in a microcosm. The dude doesn't know. He doesn't know either side of the coin. He doesn't know how to get creative when you need to get creative. And he doesn't know when to stay home and not get fucking cute. You are down by nine points. You have, barely functioned as an offense all day. You literally have not scored a touchdown and you're going to call some run pass option play on the three yard line. Instead, we're not going for style points here. So, Scott. So, so, so yeah, even if you do that, which I, uh, even if you do that, much, I didn't like, okay, you got a yard second and goal from the two at this point, everyone on that sideline should be thinking we're going to give the ball to Zeke 
we're going to give the ball to Zeke, and if he still doesn't get in on fourth and one, hey, we're going for the fucking win. We're going to give the ball to Zeke, right? Like three straight runs to Zeke. And I guarantee if you lose in that way, we may be bitching just because we lost. But, hey, man, at least you – No one's calling for your head. At least you went no for your bread and butter. You didn't get exactly. too cute out there. Exactly. So that was insane. Um, Seattle takes the ball uh, on uh, from where we missed the field goal. So they get the ball on the 24. Um, the defense, again, stands tall. Six plays, five yeah, yards, this, force a punt. You are right. This was a little hard, though, too, because now clock time's of the essence. We have them backed up after a holding call on first down to a first and 20. The defense lets them convert that, which means now we have to start burning timeouts. They do get off the field after that, um, but we have blown all their timeouts at this point, and now you're looking at a nine-point deficit with two and a half what, three minutes. Two and a half to play and no timeouts left. So Dallas does get the ball back with 234 in the fourth. Um, we run two quick pass plays that are incomplete. Uh, Dak then manages to get a ball out to Zeke, who makes it nine yards. Uh, it's now fourth and one. Um, we run a pass play again, which if this had gone wrong, I would have just thrown the TV out the window because um, we have the two-minute warning. So it doesn't make any sense to run a pass play here at all. But okay. Unless you're going to get to the huddle quick enough to right. get another playoff. Which we don't. So <laughs> the then Dak is sacked for a six-yard loss. Uh, he hit, then hits Jason Witten for 11. Uh, another pass to Zeke for six. So it's now first and 10 on the Seattle 35. Dak spikes the ball. Um, we do get a defensive offsides. So it is now first and five on the Seattle 30. And Dan Bailey misses a 48-yard field goal. So in the second half... Um, you know, we went into halftime with this game. I'm not going to say like in hand by any stretch of the imagination, but this we is, were a, playing man- we were this is playing. a manageable game. It is seven to nine. We are up by two points. Dallas's drives on this go. Pick six, field goal, interception off of the hands of our star receiver, missed field goal, missed field goal. So if I got that right, Dak throws a terrible pick six. So our quarterback, star, our great receiver or perceived great receiver drops a ball that gets picked. And then our most accurate kicker in NFL history misses two field goals in a must-win game. And so that was the end of the Dallas Cowboys playoff hopes. Um, doesn't matter what happens from here on out. There is no mathematical way the Cowboys can make the playoffs. And honestly, good riddance. Um, this team did not deserve to make the playoffs. Um, they would get killed by any playoff-worthy team. Um, and, you know, we're left with a lot of questions. Last year, we did not have very many question marks outside of maybe DN, which is interesting because we really found, you know, an answer at DN this year. Sure. Um, and so now we're left with many questions. Um, you know, is Dak the guy? We saw some definite regression this year, especially when Zeke wasn't in there. Yeah, I heard a stat, Andy, all of last year he had four interceptions, and this year he's thrown four pick sixes. And I think now like seven picks in his last however many he had, four he games. Had se- he had seven picks coming in to his – he had seven picks in his last six games coming into this game on Sunday. So sure. he's looking yeah, at nine Zeke. picks since Zeke got suspended um, to five touchdowns. So that's a seven game stretch with nine picks. That's and five touchdowns. That's bad. That's bad. Um, that's, I mean, yeah, if you extrapolate that out, that's it's a bad season. That's not even started. That's, I mean, Blaine Gabbert would get laughed at for that. Exactly. Um, Des Bryant is, you know, this isn't a, is Des Bryant elite anymore? This is, is Des Bryant. Sure. Worthy of being the starting, you know, star wide receiver of this franchise, which I have to tell you, man, like I have just that the fact that I even am questioning that is mind blowing to me. This is a guy who is just, I mean, he made John Kitna look good in moments. Yeah. Oh, he, he made, was, he, he made was elite. I mean, he's Matt an all pro. Castle look good. He made Brandon Whedon 
look good in in moments. Not like these guys looked like good quarterbacks, but just like when they were throwing him the ball, he was coming down with it through triple coverage. And it just yeah. was not a I Yeah. Uh, I can't dispute anything. And then is this coach the guy is the big one. Can this team win with this coach and culture? Well, let's let's answer all those questions, Ben. Run me through all those questions we just asked. What are your answers as of right now? Well, I've thought about this a few days, and I, I, I think most of my emotional takes are out of it. So what I logically think, Dak, is he the guy? I don't know, but I'm reassured to the point we don't have to pay him for two years. Yeah. So he's on a really cheap contract. There's just no way in hell you're going to replace that guy in this two-year stretch before you have to pay him real money because anyone that you get, you're probably going to have to pay – a hell of a lot more money than you pay Dak Prescott. So I guess we'll figure it out. Um, His ceiling, what scares me about Dak, Andy, is when he looks good, when the team looks good, he looks really good. Mm -hmm. But his bad is as bad as anybody. I mean, you you can throw out the the worst starting quarterback in the league, and unfortunately Dak's bad is on – can reach that, that level. And I never felt that way about Tony. Tony had some bad games, don't get me wrong. He had some awful ones, but I never, especially later in his career, so let's let's put that qualifier in there. Sure. But I never felt that way. So no, totally agree. So that's my uneasiness on Dak. So I, I guess my answer is I don't know. I think his ceiling is still the same as it was coming out of last year. I just think the floor is, hey, he may not be a starter if he plays bad next year. Right. Um, the second one, Des Bryant, is he worthy of being the number one? Um, once again, I, I look at it, they're just not going to get rid of him. He's due, I think, like $16 million next year, which is going to be top three wide receiver money. Oh. Um, I don't think a soul out there feels comfortable with that, but there's no doubt in my mind he deserved the contract when he got it. That's just – unfortunately, that's how contracts work. You usually play your best on rookie deals. Um I don't know. I, I I still think he's capable enough to – like I said, you're just not going to replace him. My problem is there's no one waiting in the wings. It's not like Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley have had these great seasons while Dez has struggled. No, but would you, would you think it a good idea to go draft a first-round wide receiver? Yes. Now, you're not getting rid of Dez, but, yeah, you draft – you do what you did basically when we realized Roy Williams wasn't capable of being a one or Miles Austin, and you drafted right. Dez. Yeah. You know, I think you do that probably. Um, you know, I, I don't think you get rid of him. I, I just don't see the point in that unless you're just because there's my problem, Andy. The people saying get rid of him, free up that cap space. I'm not sure what the penalty is. I looked at it. It wouldn't be. You've paid basically the most of his guaranteed money at this point. So his dead money's not going to be as high as it would be for like back when we got rid of Tony or something. Right. But. Who are you bringing in with that extra ten million? Like you're telling me you're going to find a guy that's going to take that impact? Because I'm telling you, Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams aren't good enough right there. And if you're getting a first round rookie, okay, but the sh- there's a very very small short list of first round receivers that have had big impacts as rookies. Agreed. So, okay. So what about what about coaching? And pivoting um, to coaching from the Des Bryant. My problem is too if right now. If, if you're one of those people who say Dez is a problem, team would be better off without him. I'm not convinced that with this coaching staff and, unfortunately, quarterback, Andy, that you could bring Antonio Brown or Julio Jones in here and they would look like pro bowlers. I just don't have the confidence that we either have the signal caller or the play caller that can make those guys look good. Like, I, I don't know that for a fact. That's just my fear. Like, I don't. I 100% believe right now that if Julio Jones was out there instead of Dez, we'd be arguing, well, Julio Jones just doesn't really have that good of numbers. Yeah. And that's and and so that's my overwhelming point. So you go to coaching now, and if your coaching staff can't utilize your talent, which to me looks to be a very clear – there's some very clear indicators that point that might be true, then you got to get rid of the coaching. And I'm not just saying Linehan. I even think Jason. I mean, how many how many week 17 games did we lose with Jason, man? And Tony. 
we, we've oh, we've now rebuffed we've rebuffed basically this team since then. We've gone out, got a power O line, became a power running team, and this team has had two really good teams in 2016 and 2014. And they won all of one playoff game. Yep. So, and then with that talent, you also have two years where you miss the playoffs. I, and there's extenuating circumstances there, sure, but aren't there for every team? Like, everyone deals with injuries. So, man, I've tried. I really have. I'm not even sure they'd bring in anyone better, but I'm done with Jason. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll start with coaching since I, I think that segues say, nicely. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it to you, but go for it. I agree with you. Um, I don't think, especially from what we're reading about what Jay, Jerry is saying, it doesn't sound like we're losing Jason. No, he um, – at least if you believe I, Jerry, it looks like Jason's yeah. safe. Um, I do think – that Jason does some things well. Sure. Uh, I think he's a good rah-rah guy. I think he navigates the ridiculous, you know, he's Mac Brown, you know, like he's a good CEO of the company, right? Like he's good at the public facing stuff. He helps our guys navigate the ridiculous media scrutiny that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy very well. Oh yeah. No one's going to, you're never going to get a Jason Garrett sound clip that plays no, on no. ESPN. He, but I don't think he's an X's and O's guy. And I don't think that he's capable of making adjustments. And I don't think innovate in any way since he was an offensive coordinator himself. That's all that stuff said. It doesn't sound like we're losing Jason. So who I am 100% done with is Scott Linehan. I do not. I said it at the time during the game and you know, People will tell me I'm a liar, and I very well could be. I'm going to find it very difficult to watch a Cowboys game while he's still employed by this team. Um, from just the inability to, you know, we go out and we build the best, you know, the most Ferrari of a running team there is in the league, and then don't use it is fucking crazy. The fact that he cannot scheme anyone open. I mean, nobody. There is no capability to schematically take advantage of anyone on the other team. There is no game plan. There is no anything I've seen all year that would indicate that this guy is doing his job. Like I said, Richard Sherman was missing from that game. Did you feel like he was? No. Did you feel we, we attacked their weak side corner at all? No, not even a little bit. So... I would very, very much like to see the Cowboys get rid of Scott, find a new offensive coordinator. I do want to retain Marinelli. I think that Marinelli has done a great job. I see some great things from the young guys. We talked a little bit about Taco. We've seen some development from Jalen Smith. The young corners have impressed me. I know they've had their moments of weakness. We talked about the PI calls in this game. Mm-hmm. Um but for a group of all rookies who were not you know, first-round picks, these guys have played insanely well. And they played good enough to win games. You know, They played good enough to win this game. They played good enough to beat Green Bay. They played good enough. You know, There's a ton of games that they could have won had some things gone their way or had the offense backed them up. So defense is great. Rod Marinelli is doing more than his job. Scott Linehan must go. On the player personnel side, on the offense. I'm with you on Dak Prescott. What we saw this year was definite regression and is very concerning. Um, we do need to see definite progress. I, for one, the only thing that keeps me positive about this situation is that if there is someone who I think can go put in the work and learn and get better, it's Dak Prescott. Um, I do think he's a good leader. I do think that he has the right work ethic and approach to the game. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that my assumptions about that part of him are correct and that next year he comes out and looks really good. Um, so we'll just have to see. Like you said, it's so cheap. There's just really no alternative that's financially feasible. So we're kind of not stuck with him, but that's that's he's going to be obviously the starting quarterback for this team next year. And I'm not 
against that idea. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant, man, this is the toughest one. Um, I'll say so. You know, there's a bunch of things that come to mind. So if if that's if if that guy who played that game or the games that he's played this year was any other player but Des Bryant, I would want this guy off the team. I think that if this is not Des Bryant and we don't have the history of him doing amazing things and playing amazing games, this guy has got a good Terrence Williams year worth of numbers and several really, really bad incidents on the field as far as very crucially bad drops, turnovers, you know, just all that. I think there's a part of me now that says Dez's fiery personality was somewhat held in check by Tony, who was the undisputed leader of the offense and everyone looked to. And when Dez was freaking out, Tony was the one that was like, hey, everyone, attention over here, eyes on me, it's going to be okay. Whereas now when Dez is freaking out, everyone's just watching Dez, the most like vocal senior leader on the offense freak out. And I think that it mentally takes them out of the game. I really do. You think Tony was kind of, we had more vets with Tony and DeMarco that could kind of be like, Hey man, Hey man. Well, and not even just to keep him in check, but everyone's attention would not be drawn to Des, at least on our team. Like right now, if you're a young kid on the Cowboys offense, you're looking up to, as far as skill positions go, you're looking up to, Jason Witten and Des Bryant. And Jason Witten's not a, a loud yelling guy. He's a quiet, do your job guy. Yep. So Des is now the vocal voice of this offense. And so when he gets negative or has these bad games, we don't have the Tony there who's like the rock who everyone looks to. And he's like, hey, this is my team. I'm taking control of this. It's all good. We're going to do this shit. I don't think Dak has the credit built up with anyone or the experience and certainly doesn't have the numbers right now for anyone to look to him over Des as the face of this franchise. Um, that's all totally speculation, right? Like this could, <laughs> I am, I am totally speculating on the, on the dynamics. Well, of our locker like room. what do you mean? I mean, it could be the, what Steve Smith senior and Cam Newton thing, right? Right. Like Cam, exactly. some reports said Cam couldn't be Cam because Steve Smith was who Steve Smith was, right? He was a loud, he very much like Dez, a very vocal, loud dude, got into it with a lot of DBs, took a lot of attention just because of his actions. Now, my in my perfect world, what I want to happen is I want the Cowboys to go out this year in the first round and get a wide receiver, and I want him to – learn, you know, under Des for a year or two and then move Des to number two for the twilight of his career. My problem with that is that I can definitely see Des reacting incredibly negatively to us using a first round pick on a wide receiver. He's not only considers himself like the, I'm the man, the alpha of this group, but he's intensely loyal to that receiver core. He's very close with Beasley and uh, T-Dub. And the, even the replacement of Terrence, I think Des would take very hard. And I think that he would take it as an indictment of not only his play, but his teammates' play. Um, and I worry I about how so, he but would we, react to that. I think that's fair. But I don't know. Isn't he old enough now to know how this business works. I mean, he saw DeMarco leave and by all accounts, they were really tight. Right. But not a, not a receiver. And if if you go draft Calvin Ridley this year, it may not be said, but the assumption is that that's the new Des. That's one day. That's going to have to be the guy that takes your spot. I mean, the Bengals just drafted a first round receiver and they have AJ green, you know, uh, Atlanta had Roddy white, who was very much like Des and they drafted Julio Jones. For sure. Now, if let's say this, let's say that they went when when they went out and drafted John Ross this year, the Bengals. Let's say AJ had a seven hundred yard five touchdown year with several crucial drops, and then they go draft John Ross. Sure, he probably takes that in a very different context. But I agree with you. That's it's a very good point. People have to reload. We can't. 
you can't take people's feelings into account when you're trying to fix the team. Um, so I hope it can be worked out. I hope I would hope that Dez would just embrace. I almost feel kid. it would help. Like it would help Dez, right? If they had another guy, because no one's no one's afraid no of T-Dub, dude. No one's afraid of Terrence Williams. I mean, the only real thing he'll give you is after the catch, he's pretty good. Yeah, and you can find that. And Cole Beasley may not even be the slot guy we want, or it could be our OC, but like. Maybe Switz takes that job next year. I agree. And I also think that if – I mean, I'll say this about Terrence Williams. If Terrence Williams makes the catches that we would like our number two receiver to make, I think Dak probably has three to four more touchdowns this year one to two less interceptions, and probably 500 more yards. Because I've watched this guy drop long bomb after long bomb after popping balls off his hands into DB's arms. The guy's more of a liability than he is a a net zero, right? Like some players, you're like, that guy's not helping. T-Dub is hurting. What Dez did this last game was a little bit of the hurting. And I think that's why it was so shocking because we've never seen Dez do that. We have seen Dez be a non-factor. Dez like actively contribute to a loss in the negative direction. And so I think that's a big piece of why we're all over here. Just like questioning the legitimacy of our entire team. Yeah, I think in conclusion, I don't think you get rid of Dez. Um, He's getting paid a ton of money. But I think that you just don't have another answer right now. I, I really hope this team goes and gets a receiver in the first round or gets their hands on Josh Gordon or something ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of those points. You know, you have to – bottom line, you have to get a playmaker out there, and I think you need to find a coach who can better utilize playmakers. Um Another thing we didn't really get into and I think deserves to be mentioned is how Jason Witten does a lot of things right for this team. And I want to begin by saying that, but how much can you really devote to giving 98% of your offensive snaps a season to a tight end who really can't do anything more than catch it? If, seven to 10 yard out and block at a really high level. Um, Yeah. I think we need to, what I am hoping is that next year we can start seeing packages where we use Jason Witten. Like we use Jeff Swaim right now, blocking tight end with the occasional catch and that the primary receiving tight end will become Rico gathers. That's my hope. I think Rico has the athleticism to do it. I think he can has the ball skills to do it. I think his route running is obviously in question, and we need to see if he can do it for real in not a preseason game. Um, but that appears to be the plan for this team at this point because we've not gone after additional tight ends in the early rounds. No, no, it hasn't worked out. I mean, they tried to get Witten's replacement several, several times or just another piece, and it's never panned out. Um. But there's no doubt. I mean, he's just – is he anyone you worry about anymore? I mean, the, the problem, no. too, is when he catches the ball, he's not getting many yards after the catch anymore, if any. You know, and He's not like a red zone threat in the tight end sense of the – I mean, he'll get – he does the little, you know, get open, slip between the cracks thing. Um, but Dak doesn't have a laser to sneak balls into tight windows like Tony did. And Jason Witten's not going up and getting a ball over anybody. So no. – yeah, that's something we definitely need to look into. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks on this team. Many more questions than answers and many more questions than last year, certainly. Um, so time will tell. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It just You have to look at that entire receiving core, right? I mean, outside of Zeke, there's nothing. Nobody, nobody's safe on that offense except for Zeke. And the three linemen, as long as Tyron gets healthy. Right. Right. You probably I wouldn't even hate getting a guard, not early, but you know. Agreed. Um totally agree. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even hate getting like a fourth round QB. Like that's not terrible, but just to have back, unless they're really sold on Brandon Rush, which Cooper Rush, Crush, Cooper, yeah, Crush. Sorry, Cooper Rush. <laughs> um, the kid, the kid looked good. I'll give him that. Kid looked really good in the time that game. You couldn't ask a guy to do more than what he did. I agree. Um, but I guess in theory, to, to, to summarize up that last thing, I think me and you both are mainly in agreement. Um, it's at minimum they got to get a new play caller. It'll be hard yep. to watch this team try and do the same things again. Um, if they want to go out and get a receiver, sure, that's great. I just cowboy fans out there, I would almost bet you my entire savings account that Des Bryant's a cowboy come 20, 2018. And so is Terrence Williams, and so is Cole Beasley. Yeah. My my terrible gut feeling is that not much will change except for the players we draft. So but let's talk a little bit about what's next, Ben. Um you know, we, we're, we're going to just going to have this discussion live on the air. We have not pre-planned this, but Ben, what are your thoughts on, should we have an episode next week or should we just jump right into our off season program? We do have some really excellent off season content for you guys coming up. Um, so keep uh, your eyes peeled on our feed. Uh, Cause we do have some very uh, comical and hilarious discussions coming up uh, in regards to just uh, the history of the Cowboys Uh you know, players that we've loved or hated in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we will have a draft show, both a preview and an analyze in an analysis of the draft once it's done. Um, but Ben, what are your thoughts next week? Should, does, does this terrible eight and eight team deserve a week 17 episode to talk about how we lose to Nick Foles or should we just pack it in and get right into the offseason yeah. stuff? Let's, let's convene. We may uh, just for one final point, maybe one of our shorter ones, uh, we'll have nothing to preview. I don't think we'll do a playoff series as we won't be in it. But as Andy said, we are working on our offseason schedule. We have a few things planned. We're just probably going to become more infrequently. Um, yeah. as we'll, the definitely like, we'll definitely is, like summarize the playoffs. Like as we as we release new, you know, as in like a month when we're doing an offseason episode, we'll definitely give you guys an update on our thoughts on the playoffs. You know, if someone's having a really great year, we'll talk about that. So you'll get some analysis from the boys. We boys crew. And we'll follow any news. If anything breaks during, during that time as always. So yeah, I I say we have a, 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 another episode next week. Um, I would preview this Eagles game goat. I just don't think (laughs) it really matters. Unfortunately, one, it doesn't matter. And two, I just, you know, what could you see that would make you feel better? I mean, I guess, okay, I'll say this. If I guess if the Cowboys go out there, and because the Eagles aren't playing any starters, right? So this game doesn't matter. They have clinched the one seed. So I would be so, very shocked. I bet they play Foles a lot strictly because they want to get him reps. I would be surprised to if, see too many big names for too long, though. Yeah. I, I guess I'll say this. Even if it's against the second stringers, I guess I'd love to see Dez go catch a big TD and make me feel okay. That wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would I would like to see a – I guess I'd like to see a win. I mean, I'm going to watch, but – We always I, do. I don't know what – like, I know Zeke's going to be good. I guess the only thing is if Dez has a big day and Dak has a big day, we could be like, hey, look, there's hope. But – other than that, I don't think there's anything crucial that uh, would change my mind about anything that we've seen this season. Um, it's a disappointment, Andy. It's a disappointment. There's there's the expectations for this team were certainly high. Um, both of us predicted double digit wins, um, and we may be a 500 team. The Zeke suspension certainly hurt, but that can't be everything. You can't just go into total meltdown mode, which once again is coaching so agreed but you know what um, in the long run you know this is this is our last episode of 2017 um when we rejoin you we will be the 2018 version of boys will be boys we will have grown mentally physically spiritually emotionally um and despite this incredibly disappointing season um this was a great year for us uh we finally did our podcast which i know we've talked about for a long time so it was great to get to share even a very disappointing Cowboy season with everybody. Um, we had some great stuff happen in our personal lives. So it's in the end, man, I'm, I'm, you know, it wasn't the best ending, but I'm glad we went for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we've definitely enjoyed this. Uh, hopefully we, we wish it would have brought up more, uh, <laughs> 
more luck, but uh, you know, it's uh, we'll be here. We'll be here. Absolutely. So guys, uh, look out for next week's episode. Like we said, it might be a little shorter just because it's going to be effectively an exhibition game, but um, we'll also preview. We'll give you a little sneak peek of our off season content, um, which like Ben said, it will be a little more infrequent than the weekly episodes, but we've got some pretty uh, awesome off season content planned for you. Be on the lookout for, uh, news about training camp, acquisitions, the draft. Um, we'll go through all the players that we would love to get that we know Jerry Jones will never pay for and will never draft. Um, but it'll be a really good time. So ah, if you, uh, this was very cathartic for me. I needed to go back through this game and just relive the terror just to understand that we lived through it and we survived. Yeah, it, it would have been better to be on here with a win and us telling you what you need to have happen for playoffs, but uh, you know, that's not the world we live in, Goat. Someday. 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 Uh, well, any, anything else, Ben? Oh, I believe that's it for me, partner. Alrighty. Well, as always, ladies and gents, thank you so much for listening. Um, we really love uh, being able to share uh, even the worst moments of the Cowboys season with you guys. Um, if you like this uh, podcast, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment on our SoundCloud page coming in 2018. We will be listed in the iTunes uh, store and the podcast Woo! app. So we'll be officially official as soon as uh, somewhat friend, somewhat enemy of the show, Matt Hawkins gets done with our logo. Uh, thanks, Matt. Really timely uh, work you got there. Um, but we'll be, we'll be listed in iTunes. It'll be easier to get to the show. Please feel free to share it with all your friends. We would love to uh, have either more Cowboys fans listen to us, or I think, uh, more of the other 50% of our audience, which is people who hate the Cowboys and enjoy listening to two grown men cry about the team. So uh, either way, uh, we really appreciate the support. It's been a great year, uh, and we will be back for one final season episode next week. Uh, so as always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Have a great day. Take it easy. Happy New Year's. Peace. <laughs>